Hello again, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast Retro Life for You. My name is Chris Adams, host of the show. And as always, off to the side here, Mr. Travis Rollins. I have the power! <laughs> so you think, but you don't, you know, you don't have the look to go with it. I mean, I don't need it. You don't need it. You you feeling all he manish and everything today? Uh, you feeling maybe? Like, I don't know. I might be feeling a little more cringer today. A little more cringer. Hey, hey, if if you had the sword, which you don't right now, but if you had the sword and you held it aloft and said the magic words, oh yeah, what would you turn into? I, w- I would turn into a behemoth. You me- remember what? Uh, remember what Juggernaut looked like on on uh, on the Deadpool, the second Deadpool movie? That's yes. probably what I turned into. I'd that is. I thought you were gonna look more like the thing the Hulk would fight in one of his movies. Uh, the Abomination, yeah. The Abomination, exactly. <laughs> I'm yeah. pretty close to that now. So pretty close to that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't look at him directly. All right. <laughs> Don't look him in the eye. Yeah, yeah. I would be the Abomination, and and but I would be the Abomination that's on She Hulk that has the retreat, the getaway, Namaste, <laughs> reading poetry for everybody. <laughs> I don't know why everybody hated on that show so bad, man. That show was great. I didn't think that it was bad was, at all. That show was magnificent. I don't care what anybody says. If anybody hates that show, then they didn't read comics or they didn't I mean, read her comics anyway. Right. And uh, I didn't read the comics, but for what yeah. the show was, for what it was for me, I I, I kind of got into it and liked it. I it was, di- it. It was a little she different. Was breaking the fourth wall before Deadpool was even a comic book character. So. I see, I didn't know that. I didn't know the comic went that way. So that's yeah. that's, that's that's one thing. I thought it was kind of weird the way they kept doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, anyway, this week uh, well, for those of you, we talking about 1987 tonight. That's right. We're talking some 1987. And for those of you who didn't quite pick up on what we were laying down there, we'll be talking about Masters of the Universe today. The movie, not the cartoon. Right. Well, Dolph Lundgren. Can't talk about the movie without talking about the cartoon. But that's true. I mean, we'll probably have a little bit of the cartoon sneak up in there because we're going to have some complaints. Um, Yeah, a few. And it's going to sneak up in there a little bit. But I mean, we're also going to discuss the movie for what it is, too. I mean, Mm -hmm. at the time, we got what we got with the special effects. They could have done a little bit better, like you said. Yeah. But we we got what we got. I thought at the time the special effects were magnificent. I I thought that the the. The story, what they did with the story, the characters, the mm-hmm. settings. The special effects know, weren't design, bad. Yeah, set design of Eternia wasn't, yeah. didn't please me. Well, there wasn't much of Eternia that we got out of it. and But we'll get to that in a minute. Though. But like you said, the special effects weren't bad. But right. I, I can't honestly say they were great. Uh, they, they, yeah. just weren't, they, they weren't bad. I, think, I still think they could have done some stuff a little bit better than what they did. Uh, I, I think so too, but I mean, when I when I put it up against things, well, yeah, mm, well, see, they were you, they were trying. I think for that, they were trying to use a little more cutting edge stuff, because I did feel like that. Uh, oh man, what's my man that played Skeletor's name? We were talking about it just a minute. Frank Langella. I feel like his his makeup was that was awesome. I thought his makeup was great. So yeah, I felt like that with them going with trying to do the special effects in the manner that they did with like you know the weapons and the the magic and sorcery and stuff like that i thought that could have been better that felt kind of like a you know barbarians or something like that you know what i mean like earlier 80s but when i put it up against things like 
you know, if you were to go back and watch RoboCop right now, which came out at the same year, it looks like Claymation when they're, you know, that he's fighting the big, the big robot thing at the right. end, you know? Right. And, you know, you're thinking about stuff like uh, Jaws came out in uh, 1987. Uh, we got Superman 4, was it? 1987. Now, was that was that Jaws 4, the Revenge in 87? Or was that Jaws 3D? Uh, yeah, that was the Revenge. Yeah, yeah, Revenge, yeah. okay. And then we had the Golden Child. See, the Golden Child used the same kind of special effects, too. Remember with Eddie Murphy and stuff? Yeah. So, I mean, I felt like it was on par. Well, I mean, this movie, they, they budgeted $22 million to make yeah, the movie. So, I mean, <laughs> I, I think that if they had put a little more money into it, the special effects might have gotten a little bit better. Right. They might have got a little bit more for their money at that point, you know. But, I well, mean, they that's all they were given. more money, too, if the movie well, didn't do any better. <laughs> and that is true, because I guess it's a good thing they didn't budget more money, because the movie flopped. Yeah, uh, and it, this is a legit flop. When you don't at least make your budget back, you flop. Yeah, 100%. and that's what happened. I mean, they grossed nation uh, worldwide seventeen million three hundred thirty six thousand three hundred seventy bucks. So mm-hmm. that's roughly five, j- just under five million of what it cost to make it. Right, and, and that was not. But the thing is, though, this is one of those movies, Travis. Once again, after the theater when it hits VHS or DVD or something. It kind of took a life of its own. It's it's gotten more popular at that point. Now, yeah, I'm not going to say I'm not going to go as far as to say that it did what the last Starfighter did, popularity wise. Yeah, it's not a, and I don't think that I don't think that I don't think that it would classify possibly even as a as a cult classic. I don't think I don't think it's even that. I don't think so either. Big. I mean i i don't I don't think it actually reaches that that peak um it's just it it, the reason why we go back and watch it is because this was a cartoon of our youth that we really loved and we we have taken whatever we could get for it now if you remember a while back we did an episode where we said because they they keep talking about rebooting and doing the movie again right and 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 we casted people that we thought could play the, the parts of the uh of the the characters and the characters that we wanted to see in the movie I would like, I might like to do some more shows like that too. But yeah, I do remember that very much. Cause I picked, uh, I picked my guy that, <laughs> I picked my guy that plays Soho Hank on Dagon Barry to be, uh, to be Skeletor. I think he'd make an awesome Skeletor. He's also the guy that played, uh, uh, on it in Gotham, played Zaz. He made Victor Zaz right. a really cool character. It's like the first time that Victor Zaz has actually been a super cool character. But the thing you did that cracked me up the most because this was a this was just a meme floating around that was meant to be funny. It was a oh. picture of, <laughs> a picture of Terry Crews with blonde hair on him like He Man with the same yeah, cut that, and everything. Though. Like he made he made that photo. He did that. Did he make that photo? Yes, he put the blonde wig on and had the little that cosplay. Is, oh, that was so funny. That was so funny. <laughs> This but thing, anyway, I I, that's like we were talking about before, though, before anybody gets put off by like, well, if this movie's so bad, why are y'all doing a, a podcast on it? Because it's not. It, so what we're saying right now is not to say how bad the movie is. So what it is, is like you said, with the with the nostalgia. And on top yeah. of that, this is helping to reintroduce. Uh, we love reintroducing people to the, our great cinematic history. Uh, my 10 year old and I just watched this t- this evening. And he knows 
he knows original He-Man. I've got DVDs and stuff. I mean, he knows you, you see what's sitting right behind me. So he knows He-Man, yeah. but he didn't grow up on He-Man. He-Man's not his favorite. It's cool. Cause dad, it was one of dad's cartoons. You know, he's not super into He-Man. So he likes the newer animations of He-Man better than he does ours. From the I 80s. was about to ask you that very question. Did he see the, uh, what's it was called? Revelations. Yeah, yeah, and he likes that better because of the anime and the comedy. Is a, a lot of the kids they like that style of of cartoon better. I I, yeah, I personally yeah. don't because I'm old school. Me too. Uh, I like the original you know. cartoon much better. But yeah. we we just watched this, and as soon as it was over, he's like, "Dad, that was a super cool movie." So I'm like, "Yeah, I love it too." So and and what we said before we came on here was for you know. Me looking back as a child watching this, the only thing I ever got mad about was the fact that the the villains weren't true to the cartoon, and I didn't like Gwildor. But right. other than that, like I was happy to have the movie. And and looking back on it biasedly and or, or in a critique sort of manner as an adult, I can say, yeah, it's a pretty terrible movie. But if you love He Man and or Dolph Lundgren, uh. You know what I mean? Like it's it's really it's not a bad movie. You know what I'm saying? No, it's terrible, no. but it's not. It's it's just I mean we enjoy it for what it is exactly like because we didn't get nothing else for a He Man live action movie like yeah. we were really wanting. And I, honestly, and we deserve it. If if they didn't make that movie so long ago, I probably wouldn't have been mad. Because later on, when Transformers came out, they made Transformers look so good as a live oh action movie. Yeah, they could have done a He Man right then and there. Yeah, just like absolutely. they could have done a Thundercats since they did um, yeah, Avatar. They could do a Thundercats. So I think what's happening with Thundercats and probably even Masters of the Universe and you know a couple of the other older things that we could do because we got a GI Joe movie that was pretty decent too. And, and you know what? I, and, and it, it's since you brought that up, movie. Since you brought that up with the G.I. Joe movie, I can honestly tell you I didn't like the concept that they put out there for the G.I. Joe movies. Yeah. Um, I didn't like, just to touch on it briefly, I won't go, because we're not doing G.I. Joe today, I won't go too deep into it, but the certain characters were the main characters you saw in the cartoon most of the time, and they brought in others each week to highlight, like, you may have seen shipwreck one week, but you wouldn't see him for two or two or three more weeks. Right. Um, they may have had, slaughter. they may have had rock and roll show up. The guy with the big machine gunner or something, you know, yep. and then he wasn't there for several weeks. Uh, they may have had, uh, I don't know. Give Sergeant me another slaughter. one. Well, Sergeant Slaughter came in, but Sergeant Slaughter came in around the time when Sepentor, I, I think when Sepentor was brought about. Yeah. Uh, so that was I'm talking about before that before around that around set with, in. I'm sorry, the Native American that ran around with the wolf and the spirit, the eagle. Spirit. No, 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 spirit. spirit no, 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 no. Spirit was the name of the of the, of the eagle, I believe. Oh, okay. Well, he um, wasn't on every week either. No. So there, you pretty much the, had you pretty much had Duke and Snake Eyes. Um, for the most part. Cover Girl. There's another one. What you didn't see head? often. Was that? Scarlet was the redheaded one, and then there was so the main ones you seen was Duke, Flint, Scarlet, Snake Eyes, Lady J. Um, uh, you'd see Wild Bill quite often because he was the the guy that flew the helicopter. Mm -hmm. Um, and then then you'd bring then you'd have maybe one or two of them for a couple of weeks in a row, and then they'd be did they disappear for a few weeks? 
Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, so we, uh, but we got for the movie, the live action movie, they had, they had Snake Eyes, they had Duke, they had Scarlet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then their, their interpretation of like Breaker was kind of dumb. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have loved to have seen Quick Kick. Yeah. That would have been nice. And what I'm saying though is we still got, it was still, it was, it was high action. The special effects were great in it. Yeah. You know. I just thought they were more true to Cobra than they were G.I. Joe. I'll agree with that 100%. Because you had, but they didn't do a a, a really good Destro. No, so their, their Destro sucked. I didn't like their, their Destro their, at all. Their Cobra Commander and Destro kind of sucked, but the characters were there. Right, right. They had a good Baroness. They had a good Storm Shadow. Mm-hmm. And those are big characters in the cartoon. So, right. it, well, so back to He-Man. With He-Man, we didn't get an Orko. Right, uh, which is very upsetting because that. Orko is a central character in He-Man. Yeah, but I understand not having Orko at the time because how would they have really made Orko? Right. So it's it like wouldn't Gwildor. have been very believable. Gwildor was more believable, and it was too... And the thing I don't like about Gwildor, tell me if I'm right or wrong on this, he was too Muppet-like. Yeah. Yeah, it was too cheesy, I yeah. guess. And I didn't like how I see. I don't like that they went cheesy as all get out with Wildor, and then they tried to make Man at Arms, Tila, and He Man too serious. You know what I mean? It's like they they don't even look like they looked. They're in they're in battle. They're in like spandex, and they're supposed to be like battle gear for warriors or something. Well, so like, for the for for those listening, if you'd ever watched the original cartoon, you know that this is not what Tila appears like in the cartoon. She's no, got a different type of suit on that they could have made and duplicated with ease, but they didn't. Although do Chelsea it. Field looked great, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not <laughs> doubting you know you know Chelsea Field's looks or anything. I'm not doubting that at all. Yeah. But um, it was a different appearance for Tila that's not even close to what she looks like. Not even close. The the um, man at arms outfit he had on. Of course, mm-hmm. the colors were all off and wrong. It was similar to what he wore, but not quite the same. Yeah, There's the, no it's like the helmet that he had on at the beginning was reminiscent. Yeah, but not quite spot on. Mm-hmm. He didn't have like the the blasters on his arms. Mm-hmm. I don't remember seeing anything like that. That was a big thing for him. Yeah, uh, it was almost like they were just kind of they were moderately technologically advanced beyond mm-hmm. us, and still had the same. You know, like nineteen eighties future movie, like you know, what a Running Man came out in nineteen eighty seven. So they were like dressed like the guy that they were in the Running Man. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the the sorceress of all things. What was that? That looking that outfit they had on her. Yeah, that was- the sorceress in the cartoon looks completely different because she has this look of like what, like an eagle on her head, like a, yeah, a cow. It's like uh, a it, hawk almost. It's, it's like a cow that looks like a hawk or an eagle. And their cow is, is orange, and it looks, it's a hawk head or falcon. I think it's a falcon. What, Could be. A falcon, a hawk, same thing. But anyway. Um, a little, but little yeah, different, but, you know. They, um, they had her headdress. Yeah, her headdress was all – they had feathers on her, but it, it just didn't – it wasn't right. But it's, no, it's nowhere near correct, though. And no, I, I know we're being, I know we're being picky. Close. We're being Meg picky in particular. Was great as Evil Lynn. She was spectacular as Evil Lynn. And she would have looked perfect had they did the headdress right. And right. They, you know what I mean? And exactly. Basically Back to that again. Crown on her. You know, it's all about the whole wardrobe bit that threw mm-hmm. us off on a lot of them. 
So that was a little bit of a disappointment. And this is one of the things we're saying they could have done better. Right. When it comes to the effect. These, these are just simple effects that really make a difference to some people. Now, people watching it today, they're not going to really, it's not going to matter to them. It's going to be, it is yeah. what it is with them. Like we were talking about with my 10 year old and you know, the, the aesthetic of, of He-Man has changed so much with everything that's keep going keep keeps going on. Um, my favorite iteration at the moment is Kevin Smith's take on it, um, which is focusing a lot on Tila. A lot of people didn't like that, but I kind of dug it. Um, I, see, had, I didn't watch that. Is that, is that, is that Revelations? It might be. He had plans to do more with it, and I think that I don't know where. I think it's up in the air as to whether or not the next season's coming. I, but he was I did so not excited and happy to do it, you know. And I'm like, well, okay, Kevin Smith did this. Let me give it a shot. And it's got way better graphics. Uh, the the animation style I, I like much better than the other one, and the story's better. Um, but yeah, nah, it's the aesthetic has changed so much that like if you were to go back now and you weren't, you didn't grow up with He-Man and you didn't, you know, like have a, if you didn't have a, have a tattoo of Skeletor on your shin and (laughs) you know, the toys on the background of your webcam and all that, then you'd probably really dig the movie because like I said, my 10 year old loves it. Well, the the thing with the whole Kevin Smith thing, you said it focused on Tila, right? Yeah. Masters of the Universe. All right. When it came out, it was He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. That is your right. official title. It's yes. not Tila and the Masters of the Universe. I'll I get it. That. I get it that he wanted to do a different spin on it and tell it from a different perspective. Right. And this, But see, that's the thing that I think everybody got twisted on it. I think that with all of the controversy, controversy with everything going on nowadays for uh, – well, you know, we're not that kind of podcast, but uh, women's empowerment. And then now we're flipping it to where we're emasculating men and women. Now women don't want matter either. We're taking it all away. But I think what it is, is, is people really didn't dig it because we had had that girl power pushed in our face so much by that time. You know, that was that, my first impression. Right, right. And, and but that wasn't what that that wasn't what Kevin was trying to do with it. You know what I mean? We all grew up, you know, if we were going to be He-Man, we'd be with Tila. You know what I mean? Like, actually, I liked Evil Lynn, but, but no, nah, that wasn't his, that wasn't his, his train of thought with it though. Uh, and he was going to go back on the second season and go back to He-Man. So he was going to build, from what I read in an interview with him, he was wanting to build the other characters. So what he was going to do was, so like the first, the first season would focus on, on Tila. And then the second season, I think would it still have He-Man and all. But we were going to focus on uh, uh, the other. Uh, what was the little dude's name? They had a they had like a sidekick in there with them. Um, let's see, Kevin Smith's. I'm going to look it up right quick while you doggone. Yeah. Well, while you look at that, I'll go over and talk about the villains for a second because yeah, let's do that. We, I don't feel like we give we were given anything close to being true villains. We're used to seeing Beast Man and Merman and Trap Jaw and. Um, you know, it's some of the, there was some others, but I mean, they come up with this one and they got like all new ones just for the movie. It's like they created people, created villains just for the movie when they already had villains in place, unless they thought they were too hard to pull off. But we get, uh, Sarod, uh, was one of the names, 
and I can't even describe to you what he is. I don't know what he's just a race of people right. on that planet, <laughs> I guess. He looks like a thing on an old TV show V, like if they had it got completely uncovered. <laughs> I guess long, long mullet looking hair on him and everything. Uh, then you got Karg, who was like a bounty hunter. He has a, the look of an alien bounty hunter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you get Blade was the most believable. Yeah. Uh, it's just someone who is just like a swordsman. And then you had Beast Man, which is one of the originals. Well, we were, you know, you're like, all right, we got Beast Man at least. But I'm not sure they did a great job on Beast Man. Uh, yeah, I'm, mm, yeah, I'm not sure. I, I mean, I fair, but not fair, but not great. Right. So, did you find what you were looking for? Yeah, but I still can't find that the character. I found Andra. Um, but there was one dude that was with him. I love the fact that they included Roboto. They they included some of the other uh, people in in this that that we had. But there was one little dude that was hanging out with him. I can't remember his name, but it was going to focus on him on the second season. He had he had dreads. Remember, it was a group of them. He was the one with the with the dark hair. So you had Andro, the girl, and then. Um, but anyway, that's what it, that's what it was going to do. It's going to was it also on. a part of the original cartoon, or was it new for this one? No, nah, it's new for this one. Andrew okay. was too. Okay, but um, yeah, he was going to focus on kind of like the supporting cast, and then get back into He Man. But uh, but anyway, we're probably not going to get that anyhow. But I enjoyed that. But no, yeah, with this movie, that's the other thing about this movie is, like you said, you know, we had so we've got these. We, it sounds like we're bashing it, and we are. But at the same time, you know, like you said, I keep emphasizing that it it was it was still really cool as as a kid, and even kids watching it nowadays. So that's what I think. That's what I think how to think about it is is this isn't. I think this is a kids' movie. You know what I mean? Even though it doesn't have that vibe, it, it's still. I think it's more for kids because I thought Dolph Lundgren, Lundgren was a great He Man. Like the yeah. physique, his look was was perfect. Uh, yeah. He said it's one of his most hated movies, but I thought his most hated, his personal most hated movie was uh, uh, the Punisher. I think he made a much great, he made a much better He Man than he did a Frank Castle, I think. And see, that's funny because I wasn't a big comic reader for, for stuff like you know the Punisher and all. What mm-hmm. I thought he did a better Punisher in my eyes, he did a better than a He Man. However his look for He-Man was better than it was for Punisher. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, I thought he played a good role as the Punisher as far as how he could, how he could move with the end of the action he could pull off. Mm-hmm. But with, 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 with He-Man, he had more of the look. The well, problem, thing too. the real you big know. problem was there was no Prince Adam first. And we're used to seeing a Prince Adam who turns into yeah, He-Man. Huge. The, you know, he's a, he's like a real black belt too. Like he's for real. Yes. He's a real BA. Yes. Dolph will really get a hold of you. Yeah, he was a legit black belt for sure. He was one of those people who you could see he could do some fights in the movies, but you didn't know if he was legit. Uh, I, I think when I first found out about it is when I saw him in Showdown in Little Tokyo with Brandon Lee. Yeah. That's when I first realized he was you know, pretty much legit. Yeah, man. Yeah, he's, he's something else. He's pretty cool. That he is. Uh, and he's still making movies. He's got a new one out now with him and uh, Luke Wilson. Luke Wilson. Um, 
I just saw it. I, st- I started to watch it and I picked something else. I can't remember what the name of it is. Best man. The best man. The best man. I haven't seen it, so I can't save myself. Yeah, this is a uh, mercenary seize control of a remote resort hotel during a wedding, and it's up to the best man, the groom, and their drunken best friend to stop the terrorists <laughs> and save the hostages. And it's it's got uh it's got Dolph Lundgren and Luke Wilson in it. And the commercials uh-huh. look pretty good. It, it looks like it might be a fun time. It's it's going to be one of those B B budget movies, you know. But that's kind of Dolph's calling card as well. But even even with that, he's had so many. Uh, He's had movies that I've talked about that no, you know, nobody I've talked to has ever seen that were really, really good movies, you know. And and you know that happens to a lot of uh, actors out there, actors and actresses both. They've been in some yeah. big hit movies. They get past their their time, and nobody is really casting them anymore in the big roles, and they don't want to take um, side roles because they don't consider themselves to be character actors or supporting. Mm-hmm supporting actors or actresses they want to be the main one it focuses on so they'll they'll take that drop down to a b movie or something uh steven seagal yeah, yeah. is a prime example a hundred percent well while we're talking about that kind of thing too <coughs> before i get off on dolph lundgren and start talking about all his stuff we can go over the cast real quick uh, well i'll tell you what before we do the cast let's go yeah. ahead and throw in a quick ad here and get that in yeah. and then when we come back from there we'll jump on the cast and everything okay that's a great segue i think so so <laughs> once again you know i like to go ahead and, and uh promote friends on here when i can if i've got something to play for them and everything and i've got one here for 80s flicks flashback with tim and uh, you know he's on the show with us sometimes co-hosting when travis can't make it in mm-hmm. so go ahead and take a listen to this real quick and we'll come back and we'll start going over the cruise so here we go Hey everybody, I hope you're enjoying the show today, but bear with me just one moment while I get a quick word in from a good friend of the show of ours, Tim, at 80s Flicks Flashbacks. Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and listen to an 80s Flick Flashback podcast once in a while, you could miss it. Do you love movies of a certain age? Do you miss the days of VHS tapes, VCRs, and the video rental stores? Does the thought of another 80s movie being remade seem inconceivable? My name is Tim Williams. I'm the creator and host of the 80s Flick Flashback Podcast. On each episode, I'm joined by guest co-host to discuss one of the many movies released in the 1980s. We share our first-time watch memories, our favorite scenes, and even learn some behind-the-scenes stories about the cast and crew along the way. New episodes are released every other Friday on your favorite podcasting platform. So make like a tree, get out of here, and go listen to an excellent episode of the 80s Flick Flashback Podcast. The ad is over. Go home. Go. His most recent episode was Platoon, I believe. Nice. That's a a pretty good one right there. Uh, He also did one before that that is a favorite of mine that I'll go back and watch from time to time and never get tired of. And that's Brewster's millions. That was a fun. Oh, nice. Heck yeah. So, but, uh, to get to the cast here for a second, let's, uh, stop with, start with the top dog there with Dolph Lundgren playing he man. Like he said, we, he had to look for it. Uh, yeah. Pull the action off. I, one of the things that I remember people talking about though, with Dolph Lundgren playing the role was, uh, at the time, he didn't speak a ton of English very well. 
Right. That, and so that, that was one of their big things too. They didn't really feel like uh, he would have the chops to the acting chops to, to play leading man in a carry a movie by itself, you know, as coming off the heels of uh, Rocky four, you know, so the, the Rocky four movie kind of blew him up. Yeah. When, but because you know, people knew him as Ivan Drago and that was huge for them. Right. Right. Yeah. So, and that was like pretty much his next movie. So that's uh yeah. And that's one of the reasons too, that, <clears throat> excuse me. That's one of the reasons too, that, uh, he's purported to not for that being his least least favorite role that he's ever taken to because you know coming off the heels of that it kind of proved everybody right because the movie flopped even though it, you know I feel like looking back on it all the things that we've mentioned so far is not his fault <laughs> in any right. way you know and he comes back and like I said we were talking about Frank Castle you know he did The Punisher in 1989 I don't think that really I don't think it was a huge movie but it wasn't a bad movie. Uh, it's an, did, uh, another one of those like masters of the universe, but people had expectations yeah. of something else, but you got what you got at the time. Right. Uh, and the it, only, the only version of the Punisher that I've come close to liking was Netflix version. Oh dude. Yeah. That dude was awesome too. They got to play Shane. He yeah. Great. There were points of the, of, of, uh, Thomas Jane, the Thomas Jane movie that I liked, but mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't like him as, as Frank Castle, but I, I didn't. That know dude is perfect as Frank Castle. Like he's awesome. But yeah, yeah, he did. Uh, Max, I've I've seen a lot of Dolph's movies, but you know, Red Scorpion war movie, great. Uh, the Punisher was awesome. Um, Showdown in Little Tokyo that you talked about a while ago, and then he did um, Universal Soldier with with uh, uh, Van Dam. Up the splits. <laughs> John Paul Van Dam. Uh Men of War, I've seen that. That was good. He was uh oh, do you remember him in Johnny Mnemonic? I, the movie that I feel like is the precursor to uh uh the 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 Matrix. Johnny Mnemonic is one of those movies I never watched. It, yeah, didn't, it didn't it didn't really appeal to me too much. And mm-hmm. at, at that time frame, I may go back and watch it, but I mean at the time when it came out, it didn't really appeal to me. It is wild to watch, to, to think about, you know, him being Neo and then to, to remember this movie or to go back and watch this movie and then put it as a, as a prequel to the matrix. You'll be like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, man, that's crazy. Now, did you know, it goes right along beside it. Did you know that he has a, um, he has a bit rolling a view to a kill. And what now? A View to a Kill, one mm-hmm. of the James Bond movies. Uh, I don't remember that. I've not seen all the James Bonds. I haven't seen all of them either. I'm just looking. It's got A View to a Kill in 1985. He plays a character called Vins, but I don't think it was a major character. Okay. okay. Then it goes to Drago playing in Rocky Four, then Masters of the Universe being directly after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, another question, Red Scorpion, mm-hmm. Lieutenant Nikolai Rachenko, would you... Would you think of that? I have I've heard people compare that to Rambo and say he's like the Russian version of Rambo. Yeah, I would I can agree with that. I mean, I, I can see it. I've seen the movie. So I mean I I get the comparison and what they're talking about. I definitely understand it. I just I was I wonder what you thought about it. Um, yeah, I mean I wouldn't put him on the level with John Rambo, but I mean he is basically I I can say I I would agree with that, you know what I mean? Like that yeah. statement anyway. It, to, some, to describe the movie to someone, 
some of his other movies you brought up, Johnny Mnemonic, but I mean, Hidden Assassin, Silent Trigger, The Peacekeeper, mm-hmm. uh, TV movie called Blackjack. These are some of these movies where he was still getting the, you know, like he's the star of the movie, but it's not the it's A-level not, theater release type movies. We're talking right, about when right. you brought up it's, the B-type movies. that way with a lot of movies, and that's what I'm saying. It, it's kind of, I can see him saying that he wouldn't, that that would have been his least favorite movie because it's kind of like it proved everybody right. So then they kind of cashed out on him. So they were like, you know, well, well, your, your last movie was a flop. And then now he's doing all the B movies and he never, he never kind of regained that push into the A list. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. Uh, Sweepers, Sweepers was an awesome movie. Um, like I said, I've seen a bunch of his movies. Sweepers, but, Bring, Bridge of Dragons, as War Child. That was. But you know, awesome. even with Universal Soldier, they tried to bring it back a little bit with him with Universal Soldier Regeneration. That right. didn't even set him back out there. But yeah, no. when Stallone come out with the first Expendables in 2010, I right. think that brought Lundgren kind of back to the screen a little bit. Back to say, it hey, did, I remember what, him because you know was he was one of those guys. It did, and and I I appreciate the Expendables. I love the Expendables movies, but what made me like, come on, man, you gonna do Dolph like that? So, the, making him the drunk and the you know the screw <laughs> up and all that. Yes, like man, y'all really y'all gonna do? Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, Dolph hey that way, that's man. what he gets for killing Apollo Creed. Okay. Well, yeah, touche, touche. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Missionary Man was great. Uh, like you said, the Expendables and the Name of the King Two Worlds is a pretty cool movie. I mean, I'm I'm still watching his movies, man. Like you said, the day of reckoning when he, when they did the other Universal Soldiers, kind of thing didn't didn't do that well. Ambushed was cool. Uh, he's got yeah, he's got quite a few. War Pigs was good. Uh, still making them today. Like I said, he's got that new one out. Um, and then in Creed Two, he made a re he made a reappearance in Creed Two. Or, but I think it was old. No, no. Was it old footage? No, Creed 2, he was in there with his son. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, he had brought his son to fight Creed. Um, and yeah. then there was that whole thing was brought up about how he killed his father and all that stuff in the match. Right. And yeah, so, I mean, He's actually a different person in this day and age, not the same guy he was. Right, right. So, um, let's see here. Of course, anyway, we go. Well, we we could go on and on on him. If we wanted to. He's got. You know, he's he's, he's kind of reemerging man. again. And, he, and he's awesome. Dolph's, Dolph's cool. He's awesome. But if we went to his counterpart, though, Skeletor, played by Frank Langella. Now, Frank Langella, he's he he's more of an old school kind of actor before our time. I think. Yeah, I think yeah, more or less. But he's still before. he's still doing. He's got a lot of voiceover work too. But he's still doing stuff today. Like he's constant. He's he's working even today. Yeah, doing voiceover work for video games and such. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Destiny, I believe, is one of them. Yep. Yeah, Destiny I wonder what. Let, so let me take a quick look here, and let's see what he did before Masters of the Universe, because in 87 was Masters of the Universe. Before that, The Men's Club, a TV movie called Liberty, several TV movies. I just won't go over all of them. Um, yeah, yeah. Dracula is Count Dracula. Mm-hmm. Uh, more TV miniseries. It was Don uh, Diego in the Mark of Zorro. Still a TV movie though. Yeah. Uh, some TV series like Mannix, Marcus Welby. Um, yeah, he didn't, and I, I don't see why he was such a popular choice to play Skeletor at the time because 
in my opinion, he didn't really do a whole lot before that. That stands out to make you want to pick him for. I don't know what role he did that made them think he'd be good for it. Uh, well, yeah, true, true. And Even see, after that, his 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 movies. The, see, the thing about him was he he was excited for it. I actually have speaking to that. I actually have a little tidbit pulled up about that very thing. Um, and. I don't know if we do verbatim because that would be a that might be plagiarism. But I mean, you you can you, you can read it word for word as long as you give credit to where you're looking at it. So yeah, yeah. So basically, uh, even though he, even though he's weird, um, it says that his young son was a big old fan of the toy line. So you know who who wasn't right. So the role came up and he jumped at the chance. Uh, he said himself in quotes, "I didn't even blink. I couldn't wait to play him." And so, I mean, that's basically, I don't know that he was chosen for it or that he, if he necessarily read for it or all or anything, but that's what his reasoning behind going after the part at least was, which is the same thing with Raul Julia playing M. Bison in the horrible Street Fighter movie that, right? you know. Did it for the kids. That's right. So now, I'm going to tell that's, you. That's his thing. And then, oh, we got Courtney Cox, too. How the heck do we get Courtney Cox in this movie? I don't know, but well, hold on one second before we jump, before we jump to her. Yeah, I did not realize this until just now. What's that? I I did I I knew Frank Langella without knowing I knew Frank Langella. I guess. Oh, he's have been. You, in, you, yeah, you have know you him. seen the Have you seen the movie Eddie? Eddie. Whoopi Goldberg coaches the New York Knicks. Oh my God! I've maybe on the TV like bits and pieces. See, she was a fan, and she was there at every game, right? And she would be heckling the right. coach up there. They were losing, not doing very well. Right. Uh, they had a few NBA players actually playing, like John Sally and a couple others playing in there as mm-hmm. real players. And she ends up winning a contest because the crowd loves her. Well, the new owner of the Knicks is called Wild Bill Burgess. Yeah, and he wants to do something to bring entertainment back to the Knicks in Madison Square Garden. So he brings Eddie out there to sit on the bench with the coach. Right. Coach wants nothing to do with her, so he ends up walking out, and Wild Bill makes her the head coach, yeah. even though she's never coached before. He is Wild Bill Burgess. Okay, I did not know today that till just now. I was today years old when I realized that was him. Today years old. Today years old. Today years. And now, okay, well, so you talk about Courtney. So I know he was in uh, 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 Junior. Yeah, he was, he was in Junior as well. Of course, I never watched Junior. I told you that was Arnold's uh, rhinestone. I didn't want to watch it. Right, right. Um, I can see that. You, well, you brought up Meg Foster earlier, so we're not going to really talk about her. She's been in some other movies as well, but I mean, she played a great I'm evil in. Um. Billy Barty played Gwildor. The only mm-hmm. place I really remember Billy Barty from for sure was Foul Play, I think, with Chevy Chase and Goldie Hawn. He was in, um, wait a minute, Billy Barty. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm thinking of the wrong person. Oh, yeah, no, Gwildor. No, 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 no. Okay, no. Yeah, he was in, uh, there's another one that I remember. Doggone it. Hang on, give me just a second. I know I remember it. He was in, uh, so he was the high old one in Willow. That's what it was. That's what I was trying to remember. Yeah, yeah, he was in Willow. Of course, I didn't know this until just last year. I didn't watch Willow until just as like We've had this conversation before, just till that yeah. last year. Uh, but, I mean, uh, do you know what he looks like? In his picture on IMDb, do you know who he reminds me of? Who's that? 
He looks like a miniature version of Mick from Rocky. <laughs> you <laughs> can does. see it now. If, you look, if really you're looking does. at it, you can see it now. It really does. It's yeah. in your head now. Courtney Cox, though, uh, her, her start, more or less, I think, was that uh, Bruce Springsteen video, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, there's a whole... Yeah, absolutely. There's a whole daggum uh, episode of Friends about the boss. And then she went on um, SNL during the time of Friends and all and made big fun of that. And yeah, because she was doing it. Oh, man, that's one of the funniest skits. It's got... <laughs> Dancing in the dark. And, uh, Adam Sandler, and he can't remember the words. <laughs> fire, like fire is the only thing he can remember. It's a hilarious daggum skit. Oh, they had but, great you know, skits back in the day. Yeah, we were talking about, well, Courtney's done a lot too. I mean, I don't But we were talking about uh, uh, the, the sorceress earlier and Christine Pickles. Uh, Christina Pickles. Christina Pickles. It tripped me out to see. See, that's one thing I thought that they did good too. I don't think that they like used her as old sorceress and then somebody else as young sorceress. I felt like the aging uh, look that they did to her was great because when she when she went back to being her normal self, you know, she was beautiful. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I I don't know who would have been a better person to play her at the time. Right. I, I'm not really sure on that. If they had played her like I would have wanted her played with the you know the correct looking outfit and everything, mm-hmm. I think maybe we could come up with a couple different names other than right, her. Right. But I mean, I I don't know. Well, you know she was she was Isabel in one of my favorite movies, so that's why. So another reason I'm gonna bring it up: Legends of the Fall. She played Isabel. I think it okay. was Isabel that everybody fell in love with to begin with. Do you, Do you know where I know her from? Mostly. Where's that? Friends. She's Monica and Ross's mother. I'll be. See, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's where I know her mostly. Christina Pickles. So there's a connection. How about that for a connection? Yeah. Courtney Cox and uh, her both playing in Matches of the Universe. And then later on, they're in Friends as like mother-daughter. Okay. So how about the guy that made this movie? The guy that saved... Anything, if anything was salvageable in this movie, the man that saved the movie, and I'm going to claim it as James Tolkien. Oh, yeah. Um, (laughs) A lot of people, okay, look. So, look, a lot of people hear Ah. that name. I know, but a lot of people hear you say that, and they're like, the guy that did The Hobbit? I know. (laughs) No. Tolkien. Not Tolkien. (laughs) No. Yeah, not Tolkien, Tolkien. And yeah. there's all, and get this, there's a writer in here named, uh, the, uh, as a, one of the writers for the movie is Stephen Tolkien. Oh, that's crazy. I writers, David O'Dell, Stephen Tolkien, and Gary Goddard. Gary Goddard was the director. Oh, uh, but God. James Tolkien, and for those of you who don't know James Tolkien, he is Spender. a. He, <laughs> what's his He's name? Stinger. Who? He's Stinger. That's his call sign. He's Stinger in Top Gun. He is, yes. I forgot about that. But where do we really know him from? The most? Where does he stand out to a lot of people who love 80s movies? That's one of them for sure, because Top Gun's a very popular movie. I was going to say, to me, Top Gun. Yeah. There's another one, though. Yeah, or Mr. Strickland and Back Mr. to the Future. Mr. Strickland and Back to the Future, yes. <laughs> Mr. Strickland. You're a slacker, McFly. You'll always be a slacker. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. It's awesome. Uh, I don't remember John Cipher from Man at Arms and anything else. Do you? Uh-uh, not really. To me, 
I'm sure he played in other stuff, but to me, he was an unknown. Um, I'm going to pull him up real quick for a second here and just get the basics of him. Right. Um, I'm seeing here he was in JAG for an episode, Spontaneous Combustion, some movie, uh, Favorite Son, as another as a TV miniseries. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like he did some work in Batman Beyond as a voice, the Spellbinder, Dr. Ira Billings. Um, right. Done some other TV series like Walker, Texas Ranger. Oh, got to brag of myself for a second. Speaking of Walker, Texas Ranger, oh, just went know, to the Nashville. Just went to the Nashville Comic Con this weekend, and I've checked off a thing of my bucket list here. Got to meet Chuck Norris. Heck yeah! Got my picture made with him, shaking his hand, everything. The man's eighty-three years old, mm-hmm. and does not look it. And I'm just gonna just tell everybody for anybody who thinks who who wants to say something bad about the man, very nice guy. Uh, I don't know of anybody who at his age is going to want to stand there all day and shake hand after hand after hand, give out hugs to people coming through because all all the women got hugs and all the guys got handshakes. It's, Without a doubt. And yeah, he would awesome. take do any pose you wanted. One of the guys that went with me is a. Uh, second degree black belt, and he, you know, threw up a stance with him. They threw stances out there, and that's took the awesome. picture. I, so, I mean, to, to like hold a roundhouse. I would want him to. I I would love to like see him do something like that. Or something. Yeah, I would love to see him take the and just you know, kind of show the crowd he still got it. You know, his wife was there too in greeting people. Oh, she cool. was one of the first people you see at the table. That's the guy took your money for mm-hmm. what you're doing. Uh, she greeted you, thanks you for coming out, and talked to you for a second. Um, you know, and she'd say, you know, he's, he's, he's definitely worth, you know, the meat and everything. I hope you enjoy yourself. And mm-hmm. then you get up there to him and he's just really gracious and nice and everything. Thanks you for coming out there to see him and all that stuff. And you're like, no, thank you for coming out. So I could meet you. you know? Yeah, no doubt. That's what it's like, you know, but anyway, uh, I, I'm getting off track with that one. That was cool though. Uh, getting to see that. Yeah. Uh, uh, but the other guy we were talking about, yeah, I, I don't see him and, Hardly anything. John Cipher was more of a a he character guy stuff. on he TV. Did some older stuff, you know. Yeah, That's pretty much it. Really, I think it's mostly just a character thing. A character actor in multiple things. He's a successful actor. We'll say that because he, yeah, he yeah, he, he looks, sure. looks like he was never hurting for work or anything. Right, right. So. That that's probably the one you that you want to strive to be really continue to work in all signs and not just get the hit movie every now and then. Oh yeah, um, no So we got the, the 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 bad guys that we're talking about here. You know, nobody really stands out to me. Uh, Robert no, Towers really. don't know him. Anthony DeLongis, DeLongis, DeLongis. However you say it. Yeah, uh, however you say that. Don't know him from anywhere. Tony Carroll is Beast Man. There's not even a picture of him on there. Yeah, I know. That's crazy, man. I, I will say this, though. Charlie, the guy that ran the shop. Mm-hmm. Okay? Charlie, played by Barry Livingston. That name stood out to me. Right. Do you know who Barry Livingston was? He's a lot of stuff. Barry's been around. Because I knew the name. As soon as I knew, the, as soon as I saw the name, I was like, I know that name. He's I mean, been- he was in War Dogs. He was in Argo, Jersey Boys, Social mm-hmm. Network, you know. He was in some uh, some some movies. Okay, he's he's been in some movies. Right. Where I know him from, though, right off the bat, was Nick at Night. Yeah, Nick at Night. He was, I believe, it was My Three Sons. Yeah, he was Ernie Thompson on My Three Sons. Okay. 
And I thought, what is that name? I know that name. And I went and double-checked it and verified it. So if anybody, you know, who's about my age now, uh, you know, if you grew up, you can go and watch a Nick at Night. You saw the old TV shows like Mr. Ed, the Donna Reed Show, My Three mm-hmm. Sons, Car 54, Where Are You, and stuff like that. Yeah. So you've seen him every night doing that, My Three Sons. So that was kind of cool. Heck yeah. See, I wouldn't have noticed. I wouldn't have. I watched all that, but I wouldn't have recognized him from it. I don't think. Yeah. So that's about really, that's all we really got for the cast. Honestly. I mean, the rest of them were kind of not important to bring up. Uh, Do you have any facts about it that you want to bring up or anything that you thought was cool? Uh, I think it's cool that it's Courtney Cox's first movie. Other than that. I didn't know if you'd, if you'd looked at anything that was, you know, like the, the fun facts or anything. I didn't know if you actually looked at them or not yet. Oh, the, oh, the little tidbit stuff. Yeah. I, I well, I, actually you did. Cause you told the story of him playing, of uh, Franklin Jello playing the part because of his kid. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was just thinking when you said that, I wasn't even thinking about this like little, little quiz tidbit stuff. I was just thinking about like to me personally, cause the movie's so personal for me, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, you know, not really. I really kind of feel kind of upset after doing this podcast that I, I, I didn't realize I, I don't like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. All right. Look, I'm going to throw a few things out there. I'm I'm going to throw a few things out there. No, 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 no. You're not kidding. You're not kidding because, because we really, all right. Oh, all right. right, So people like this movie one bit. Do, do, do you guys understand the term, um, things you love to hate? Mm -hmm. All right. So, uh, if, if you, you can, you can apply this to anything, you can apply it to wrestling, especially because we, you're not supposed to like the bad guys, right? You're not supposed to like the heels, but they're so darn entertaining that you love them. You love to hate them. You want to hate them. You want to watch them and not like them, but you're invested in their story, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Prime example is a current day thing called the bloodline. So people who watch wrestling, they understand what I'm talking about. They know what I'm saying. I'm not going to go into detail on it. The movie's the same bad. thing. That's bad. Roman Reigns is trash. Yeah, but the movie's the anyway. same thing, though. You love to hate it. You yeah. love it because it's Masters of the Universe, and you want to watch it because it's He-Man. Mm-hmm. But you hate so much of it. You hate the fact they didn't bring in this character, this character, any true villains from the cartoon. You hate the fact that the wardrobe's not consistent. You hate the little things, but mm-hmm. then you still watch it because it's He-Man. So. Right. um Dolph Lundgren said in a French magazine that working on this film was a nightmare. The shooting schedule was five months, including two months of night shooting. He said he was approached to do a sequel during the shooting. So they had wow. an idea for a follow-up. Okay. But he turned down the offer. However, in an interview with the, uh, I believe this is I O nine website or one Oh nine website. I can't tell if that's a one or an I, mm-hmm. uh, promoting the expendables. Lundgren said he would return to appear in a new Masters of the Universe movie as either a cameo or He-Man if they wanted to do He-Man again. Well, you remember he's, I casted him as my King Randor. Yes, and that's fine to do I that. Want him to, I he's, would love for him to be King Randor. But he's too old to reprise the role of He-Man. Yeah. Too old for that. No way he could be He-Man. Um, and I thought but this was kind of... Arnold is bringing Conan back. They're, that's confirmed. They're supposed to be yeah, Conan. but it could be the older Conan, Conan. though. Yeah, he the could older, be the, Yeah. The, the king who wore the crown upon the troubled brow. Right. So, I mean, that's still cool. Um, 
many of the viewers of the film commented on actress Meg Foster's eerily effective contact lenses, which gave her the character Evil Lynn a sinister and unearthly air. But actually, she wore no contact lenses. Her right, eyes naturally her. have a blue-gray irises and tiny pupils, giving her a striking appearance. Now, we've known this yep. from other movies that she's been in. Yeah, yeah. she's. I love her eyes. Her eyes are crazy. Right. And that's that's the thing. She's often been cast in sci-fi fantasy roles because of her eyes and jokes that she appeals to casting directors that she brings her own special effects with her with her for free. They don't have to do anything right. to make it look any different or any better. Um, Mattel, the toy company that produced the original He-Man toys, ran a contest where the winner would get a role in the new He-Man movie. The production was under a great deal of pressure to finish in time and under budget, so director Gary Goddard had to squeeze the contest winner into the shoot. The winner was a Richard uh, Sponder, S-Z-P-O-N-D-E-R, Sponder, I don't know. Uh, It says the winner is Pig Boy, who hands Skeletor his staff when he returns from Earth. He was even listed in the ending credits. Oh, man. So you're a credited actor now. I got a great piece of trivia. Uh, The Cannon Group uh, acquired the rights to Spider-Man in the 1980s. And they had also released um, Superman Four, which we know didn't wasn't didn't do too great as well. And uh, they did that the same year as Motu. So after that, they were like going crazy. They go, like, "We got to do this. We got to do this." So their big idea was to film the sequel to Motu with Masters of the Universe. That's like, that's like Loter or L-O-T-R. So the sequel to Motu and the sequel and, and a Spider-Man movie, uh, they announced them and they built the sets for them because <laughs> they were going to film them at the same time, utilizing both sets to save money. Yeah. Well, because they were going bankrupt, <laughs> they had to cancel both projects, but they still needed to use the sets because they was already finished. So in 1989, when the King of the Splits filmed his <laughs> cyberpunk movie Cyborg, <laughs> they King used of the those sets. So in circles that are in the know, they sometimes call they sometimes call it Masters of the Universe Two Cyborg. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is that's wild. I do I Anthony DeLongis, the one that played Blade. Mm-hmm. So apparently he's an accomplished swordsman. He trained off Lundgren in the use of a sword. Mm-hmm. He also choreographed the sword fight between He-Man and Blade and the climatic duel between He-Man and Skeletor. The longest also played Skeletor during the final fight instead of Frank Langella. Oh, not too bad. Uh, did you have a favorite part of this movie? So we're getting close to wrapping up. So, I mean, I, I thought we should get this yeah, out yeah. there. Did you have a, a um, favorite? Give me your favorite part and maybe a least favorite thing. Your your absolute least favorite thing. My favorite part. Mm, my favorite part, I guess, is going to be. I, I guess it's going to be the at the end where Blade's got the, the energy whip beaten He-Man and he breaks and just powers he finally shows a show that's another thing why didn't we have more feats of strength in them it's he's he-man for god's sake right so for the first time in the movie he pulls off some crazy superhuman strength thing and busts loose of the stuff and then you're like yeah when you're a kid so that was probably my favorite thing 
And my least favorite thing, uh, it's going to be a combination of the the terrible villains and Gwildor. I really, really, really hated Gwildor. Yeah, like, I don't know why, but like the because whole movie, it's, because we're so tied in. I I think it's because we're so tied into Orko. It may be, but I didn't like when they were eating. The, <laughs> that part was funny too. When they were uh, they were sitting out there. They went and got like the bucket of chicken or whatever. Uh-huh. <laughs> and they're sitting there eating it. She's like, oh, it's cool that they come on these little sticks. He's like, that's and man at arms. Like, that's rib bones. And they, but then it shows Gildor and he's got like all that stuff on his beard. And it just, I mean, yeah, it, it is just uncalled well, I don't like my, Gildor. Myself, kind of like you, my favorite part comes at the end of the movie. And it, it's, it's the only thing, in my opinion, that was really He-Man related. Because you don't see him t- changing from Prince Adam to He-Man. Mm-hmm. You just see somebody who's carrying a sword and who's supposed to be He-Man himself. He's you know, supposed to be super strong and all this good stuff, right? So right, right. whenever he's escaping from his, his, like you're talking about, where uh, Skeletor goes to shoot some magic at him or something, and he, he blows off the one wrist chain, turns around, swings the chain at uh, Blade, I think it was, and continues to fight from there. He finally makes his way to his sword. And when he puts his hand on his sword, we get this. And when you hear he did that, great it's like, with that, that was Dolph's voice. I know it, good. It, it did. And when, when you, and when you, when you see that, you, you get chills running up and down your spine. Cause that's the, that's the first he man related thing I felt there was in the movie that really yeah, real. made that really made me feel like now we're now we got he-man but right, right. you still don't see a yeah, transformation that was, like, that was almost that was nearly like if that if that movie was made right now that would be an after the credits scene you know what i'm saying like that was such a small piece yeah yeah but i mean it's and so and, and what it, and, and then least light for me probably is is going to be the fact like i said um it's it, it, it's going to be kind of twofold like yours but it's the fact that the wardrobe doesn't match up with closer to the cartoon mm-hmm. and the fact that this does not take place on eternia right this you don't get to see a lot of eternia and what it's you don't get to see what it feels like to be in eternia so if they redo the movie if they actually you know reboot he-man and make a, a another live action and they make it better i want it to take place in eternia not on earth I want him to have Prince Adam with with the backstory of getting the sword. Well, so you got to build up a little bit. Okay, you're gonna have to build up a little bit and have I have wonderful sword. news for you, Christopher. Yes, Christopher Robin. <laughs> what is your wonderful news? So on CNET, um, and this might not be the latest news, but it's the most it's the, the quickest thing that popped up for me when I started looking up stuff real quick just now. Um, uh, this was posted in January of 2022 um, that Netflix announced Kyle Allen um, to play He-Man slash uh, Prince Adam. And it is going to be co-written by David Callum. And he's one of the writers behind Wonder Woman 1984 and Shang-Chi and Legend, uh, I mean, Shang-Chi Legend of the Ten Rings, which I thought were both I thought Wonder I loved Wonder Woman 1984 to be honest, but those were both good movies. Yeah, and um, the Knee Brothers uh, are supposed to be directing, shooting, which 
yeah, we would know about this by now. So shooting is scheduled to begin in summer 2022. So we need to find out what's going on with that. That would be that would be nice to know. Does does there a picture of the guy playing He Man? Just his face. There's no body, and he's very okay. young. But the what what they're saying that they have in store for it though is uh, Netflix released a one line synopsis which describes and how quote an orphan named Adam discovers he's a pri- a prince destined to be the savior of a faraway land and must quickly learn of his power and the importance of saving his true home from an evil force end quote. So hmm. that's a. Uh, I guess maybe promise them a little bit. I don't know. It, it's going to be different, but still may not be a hundred percent with the show because so, in the show, his mother crashes on Eternia. She was from earth mm-hmm. and crashes on Eternia and meets the King there. And they have, you know, kids, there was twins. There was Adam. And- okay. It's been moved up a year. So, so that we can confirm it. We can confirm all that right now because in uh, IMDB, it was slated for 2025 yeah. It's, it's release date is now IMDb. IMDb has a page for it. It's uh, October 4th, 2024. Um, and that, that information that I just said is, is still correct. It's on here. Kyle Adam is playing Prince Adam. Uh, top cast. Let's see if they've got any more. Uh, put it out. We've got writing credits directed by. We've only got Kyle Allen as, as a cast. Um, we got producers, we've got music, cinematography, casting, art direction, costume, art department. So we've got everything but the actual cast. <laughs> we've got all the information, but actually, aside from Kyle Allen, who is playing what? We're still in the blue on that one, or in the dark yeah. on that one, I should say. Okay. All, right, all I'm going to say is this. If they do this, and it sounds like they are, he's Prince Adam. He finds out he's destined to be. I want to make sure that we do hear this. By the We need that full transformation scene. He holds the sword up. Lightning starts hitting the sword and engulfing him and everything. And then he turns into He-Man. We need that. And then what we need to have after that is a follow-up movie, a sequel, where he learns of his twin sister. And we get a little little She-Ra brought in. You know what? That's probably what's going to have to happen to make a good He-Man movie. What we're going to have to do with someone on Power a while ago... What we're going to have to do is we're going to have to get somebody to be like, you know what? We need a She-Ra movie. And then after we get the She-Ra movie, <laughs> we'll be able to have a He-Man movie. Who knows? I mean, that's I just cool. hope that hey, I just hope they do it better than before. That's all I'm going to say. So uh, let's go and get this uh, wrapped up. We're sitting on an hour right now at this point anyway. So uh, don't forget to check us out on social medias. We are at instagram and facebook that's the two main places you're going to find us at retro life for you uh i always throw tiktok in there but i just i've i'm so short on time all the time it's so hard for me to get tiktok videos set up and everything so uh i'm not so much on tiktok as much as i used to be but i do stick with instagram and facebook they are consistent we have the website retro life for you.com r-e-t-r-o-l-i-f-e the number four the letter u dot com for the website and you can listen to the podcast straight from the website you don't have to go anywhere else but if you will choose to you can click on from the website uh or just go directly to your uh listening place of choice like if you're a spotify fan or an itunes fan uh google amazon whatever the case may be we're pretty much everywhere so like travis always says where aren't we at where aren't we 
That's right. At that point. So, uh, definitely if you have any questions or, uh, suggestions or if you want to make uh, an email to us about a favorite thing about this show or another show send it to us email at retrolife for you at gmail.com mm-hmm. and um i don't or know Travis, some movies that you would like to see us do uh, yeah anything suggestions you want us to cover you know you know our time frame 80s 90s a little bit of 70s a little bit of 2000s early 2000s don't go on you know too high uh, Travis, anything you want to leave us with this week, or are we at a, a dry spill for some funnies? Oh, no, 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 not at all. I can't think of anything good to come up with about He-Man, but since we're talking about He-Man, I can do something manly, I guess. You know how many, how many knees does a man have? How many? You don't know? I'll say two. No, no, we've got three. You got your left knee, your right knee, and your wee knee. Oh, my God. 